discourse with your perfectly adequate hosts, Mike, Phil, Tony P. And here with today's topic is Charles. God damn right, Stephanie. It's Charles. I'm here. I'm having fun. Thanks for that awesome introduction. We appreciate you. Nobody else thanks you, but I thank you. You're the best, Steph. I appreciate you. But hey, you know what? Last week we were talking about uh, happy childhood memories. And uh, we were, it was good. It was a good talk. And it got me thinking about different things. And so immediately after the show, I went in and I put, I was going to get it, Tony. It was there. Thank you, though. Uh, what What's the moment, as you look back in your your childhood, God damn it, <laughs> I turned it off. What's, what's the moment you can look back on in your childhood and realize that's where you really started to become the person you are today? And one of my happy memories I didn't get to was uh, the first time I really separated from my parents. I grew up fairly sheltered in the church. I mean, my dad was the preacher. Everywhere I went, they were there, vice versa. Everywhere they went, I was drug along. So about eighth grade, I got... Now, this Wait, is the, the geekiest. What? Your dad was a preacher? Yes, I know. Uh, I'm but learning eighth, that. I'm learning you guys run 5Ks. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm learning carts on this show. Uh, I'm just showing up so I don't get fined. And I'm learning there's kids that don't have souls. Well, they're all ginger, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, well, we run for them anyway. But uh, yeah, so I, I was a I was a nerd when I was a kid and very very smart. And so I ended up going in eighth grade. I ended up going to uh, this college called Bob Jones University for a science camp. And that was the first time 100% away from my family. I was on my own. And yeah, I'm not gonna tell all the stories from that week, but the overview basically was being free to finally get what maybe some of you get when you go to public school or maybe private school, like, you know, the elitist Mike Ellison, you know, that, you know, boarding school like Kurt, whatever. Maybe when you get away, you start, you start slowly but surely developing who you are, but being homeschooled, being raised as it was, it was hard. So looking on that week going, oh, I was able to try different things. I realized, you know, I can entertain people in those moments that weren't just, you know, cause my dad was there. Uh, girls liked me. I could build rockets and dissect chickens and be okay. It was, it was, don't give me that face. I was a hottie. I was a goddamn hottie. I was rocked. So, you know, it was cool. Mom I was discovering so. that. <laughs> My homeroom teacher said so. <laughs> but you know, what, what maybe is a moment as you guys look back throughout your development that you, you can go, oh, I see bits of who I am today really starting to come out then. I see my, oh, Mike, you got to tell, I see the story pops in your head. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm surprised before Mike goes that your parents sent you to a science camp where it would just literally unprove everything about the religion that they've been shoving down your throat. Well, I thought the same thing, so I Googled Bob Jones University. Yes. And Bob Jones University is a private non-denominational evangelical university in Greenville, uh, South Carolina. It's a fundamentalist it Christian school. Cultural and religious positions. Don't oh, no, worry. no, no. And I know. Hold on. You went to that, that freak show? Not only did I go to that freak show for a camp, I did a whole year there as college. Yeah. So that that's the college that um, keeps everybody separated, right? Um, yeah. From, well, from gender. You can't, gender. There's like yeah. a strict r- rules where you can't watch anything higher than a PG movie. Um in on campus grounds right is it yeah, yeah. Is that the that's place that, you that's the one what yeah you went to this yeah. fucking scientology hey, you know what college? phil you know what phil you want to help me fill in the gap in, in finding the and stories ask so me much. and i'll tell you that story holy fuck 
I've heard about that that college on other shows. You went there. Yeah, I did a whole oh year there. I almost got kicked oh, out. Shit. I almost got That's kicked insane. out. Yep. That's insane. That's insane. Okay, Mike, go. I'm gonna mute as I fucking freak out. <laughs> so yeah, as we as you were talking, Charles, I was thinking about like what is what is the most like Mike Ellison story that happened like first? And so I think it was I was eleven. And I got in the mail one of those uh, Columbia House. Oh, yes. <laughs> sign up, pay a dollar, get 18 CDs or 18 cassette tapes because this was before CDs. Uh, and they'll like sign you up for the thing. I had a dollar. <laughs> yeah. So I, I signed up. <laughs> I was 11. <laughs> And I filled out my little form. I got Green Day's Dookie. Yep. I got uh, the oh, the Snoop Dogg Doghouse. Dog okay. Uh, I got the Ace of Dog Base. I had the Ace of Base. Yeah. yeah. Doggy yeah. style. Yeah. Thank you. I got uh, Ace of Base. That guy's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. 11. You laugh. I'm serious. It was a different time. <laughs> we, we didn't see the sign. Everyone. Right. You know, oh, God. Oh, 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 Tony. I'm, I'm muting again. Uh, oh. Daydream by Mariah Carey. Oh. Uh, you didn't no go Butterfly? What Kingdom. the hell's wrong with you? Uh, so, like, <sighs> these are the records that I bought. Uh, they ship them out to me. All of a sudden, I get a like a crate of cassettes in the mail, and my mom's like, where did these come from? And I said, oh, Columbia House. It was a dollar. I got all of them. And she said, okay, you're going to deal with it. Ooh, and so then wow. they started calling me because it turns out uh, it's not just a dollar. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're calling my house like six times a day to get me to pay for the other like 30 records that I'm supposed to buy at like $16 a piece. Yeah, I'm 11. So every time <laughs> it rings and it's Columbia House, my mom hands me the phone yes! to deal with it. Yes. Until finally they realize, like, oh, we can't actually do anything to a child. Like as I'm like, oh yeah, no, I don't have a job. Like I don't, I don't make money. I'm, I'm 11. I paid you a dollar and got 18 of these. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made the classic mistake of giving them your real phone number. Yeah. A few of us learned learning. early on. You don't. He was so still I'm, learning, just, you know. I'm still just going to eat my booberry cereal and watch my cartoons, guys. <laughs> so get your money elsewhere. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know what to tell him. I I don't have a job to make the money to give you that. So, so, good luck. So, that, so, so that made you the man you are today. Yeah, right. because his credit is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real and reason, yes. Mike's favorite movie is Fight Club so that he can get his credit reset. <laughs> That's the real reason he's marrying staff right. for her credit rating. Your mom yeah. you're going to deal with this now. I thought you brought home like a puppy that nobody wanted. <laughs> you know, like, well, now you got to deal with this. Nah, yeah. just crushing credit debt. <laughs> it's Columbia House. <laughs> yeah. That was that was good. But that's pretty dope. That like that's a wonderful learning opportunity, and and fucking rats off to your mother to like take that opportunity and put it upon you. You made this mess. I didn't right. make this mess. Clean up your own mess. Yeah, it that's was great. Wonderful. 
I learned a lot about like bad decisions and uh, how to avoid responsibility. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Shifting the blame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just like I I I like to think they're still calling like years and years later. Like they forwarded the calls. Just out of the blue. Hey, yo, Mike, what's up? So, uh, Slapshot is coming back. Word? For real? <laughs> anyway, this is Columbia House. <laughs> uh, what you what you got on that ace of base there, homie? You know? Uh, well, it's, uh, for, it's for, this for... one person, Fran, that's that's working in the <laughs> yeah. office. Then she's responsible for all of Columbia House now. It's like the, the last blockbuster, right. but the last Columbia House. It's she, just one house. It's one house, yeah. Full of, <laughs> full of cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a room basically at this point it's just a room uh for for me it was similar to charles's story I, I got shipped off to bible camp no it was um when i was when i was 22 so i went to uh obviously high school in in georgia not obvious but i went to high school in georgia i went to a local college for undergrad so i did four years basically at home like i didn't go away to college i think i literally i lived at home so it was like all right just just another day you know it wasn't anything it wasn't a unique experience but then um i got a job offer to move to california um when i was uh 21 22 and so i i was like well yeah i gotta do this like it was a job in la um that made slightly more money than i was currently making but I didn't really factor in um, cost of living (laughs) and I'll never forget. I was like, no, I'm going from making this to it was, I mean, it was like a, I don't know, 30% raise, but it was 30% of the nothing I was already making, (laughs) you know, to a little more nothing. And I remember my dad was like, yeah, that's not that much in LA. I was like, eh, whatever. I'm 21. I'm out. You know, old man. And I literally packed the car, uh, packed my uh, my old white Saturn, and drove cross country, and and drove to L.A. and 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 managed for about five years. Um, you know that's when I did some some background acting and worked at Activision, all this cool stuff. Um, but it was that it was those five years in L.A. Um, just doing me surviving. Worked at Blockbuster for a time, didn't work for a time. Uh, filed unemployment for a time, learned how to do that. Like it was, there was a lot in, in, in those five years of being on my own, uh, just out in the middle of California that really I, I look at and it really, it really makes me who I am. Started doing stand up in California, like bombing, bombing in clubs across, across Southern California, you know? So there was, it was a lot of experiences. Um, and that's when you and started yeah, sitting down. Back. <laughs> oh my god tony p's fucking five minute sets is an open oh god yeah uh, they no yeah, it's where no. it's where he learned to just stay home <laughs> why am i yeah i i used to work night so i was having to get up go do that then go to work it's like why am i doing this i feel horrible and everyone's pissed off because these jokes weren't good why am i doing this um but it was you know it was an experience it was fun i i can say i, I performed it um the ice house like oh i did the ice house in pasadena 
woo, you know, hey, they used to show it on TV. It was a big deal. Yeah. Um, Do you ever do the yeah, Apollo? I was in California, Charles. I'm just saying, if you're going to do something that matters, do yeah, that the one. California Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> the Apollo. What about the Gotham? You know, the Apollo Reseda. Oh, what about you, Kurt? That, you know, became the man I am today. And then eventually, the prodigal son returned to Georgia, and the rest was history. Felt, felt like you needed a woo in there. Felt like you needed a <laughs> I'll take a, I'll take a woo. Thanks, Nature Boy. <laughs> what about you, Kurt? Oh, okay. So this this goes back to when I was 15 years old. And uh, I'm the, the Civil uh, War just ended. <laughs> dearest Martha, just do do do. Yes. My dearest you. Martha, it's been for fortnight. So, um, so I was 15 years old, and my grandfather had just passed away. So, nice uplifting story. And did he read to you? He did not, <laughs> because right. he had just passed away. So yeah, he, that takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while for the ghost <laughs> to manifest. <laughs> so, so uh, what ended up happening? I was the oldest grandchild. So I had to go to the funeral and represent all the grandchildren. Oh, nice. And I spent my entire time at the funeral consoling the adults. And what that, what, and, and the only reason that that kind of applies here is that um, throughout from then till now, I've become kind of like a caregiver the entire time. Right. And, I, and I really attribute it back to that. Uh, regardless of the fact that that was a screwed up thing for a 15 year old to take on, <laughs> but, but it was just, it's, it's one of those things that, that really was a real big impactful thing for me um, that, that affected how I lived my life and how I dealt with other, you know, tragic situations. Um, I just flip into caregiver mode and deal with all that um, with some severe psychological damage, I'm sure. Um, but, but it's, but it's a, it's a real thing that, that really was very impactful and affected my entire life. Um, so, I mean, I had a similar story to, to Tony, uh, moving to California, driving cross country, packing only what you could in your car and that's, that's it. Um, but, uh, but that was really the earlier, the earlier thing affected me way more, way more. Yeah. Kurt, I know you're not on the show every week, but we disregard, um, the mental damage and poor mental health <laughs> elements of most oh, of our lives. That's what we're burning oh, no, in no, the no, no, fire no. that's it's, in the dumpster. We're burning it, those memories. No, it's it's cool. It just it, it just it gives a more complete picture. That's really yeah. I'm not looking for any sympathy. Apparently he's I, never I, I listened to this show. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, we there's uh, also no sympathy here either. Right. No, no I think that's no, I'm not looking for it. I think that's a good like a good point, right? Because as as stupid and as like ridiculous as a lot of the shit that we like do is, there's also those like real moments underneath right. it, right? Like, uh, I had to be the first to speak at my dad's funeral because nobody else was willing to like step up and be that person. Uh, I was thirteen. Nice. <sighs> So like I feel you, yeah, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Uh, yeah, Woo! I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike also says, uh, "My dad was an awesome man." Woo! Heaven. Uh, yeah, I said, I you know, I got up there and I said, "My dad always said to be the man, you gotta beat the man." Right, for real? You can't be this funny every week, buddy. <laughs> oh, gosh, damn it. Um, whoever has has dads left, the next uh, one that goes, you, you have to. That'd be me. I think I'm the only one who has a dad left, so I've got it <laughs> keyed up. Still, my dad's still around. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You do. Uh, yeah. So me or you, Charles, He told me to get out as a cracker, up. and I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Someone got to open up with some flair. I mean, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> You are, uh, even at your dad's funeral, Tony. I'll let you be serious. I'll come give that speech. Tony's dad. He called me a cracker once, but he said, "If you gotta be the man, you gotta beat the man." Woo, Tony! Woo! And this the This is the power of ADD, right there. Those are wise. Wise words from oh Mr. Ellison. Wise words. Oh, no, we'll never like, forget. I think oh. those two things combined, right, is yeah. like the perfect. That's oh. that's me, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I fuck man, thirteen. That's that's a hard age to to have to deal with all that shit. And do you, was, do you yeah. feel do you, do you feel like you have taken on some of the uh, the characteristics of your father? And oh, and, for sure. And, and yeah. applied them to your own life now that you're 37? 35, thank okay. you. Well, you don't look it. Yeah. Damn, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Phil. Cold. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, my dad was always the one that got everybody together, right? He sure. was always the he was always the connector, the like, oh, hey, you and you would like, y'all should hang out. Like, y'all should get beers. Uh, and so like, for me, that's something that I've really carried with me is this idea of like grouping people together and like collecting these like incredible stories and these like amazing people that have interesting stuff to, to say. Right. And I think that's all from him. Uh, but at the same time, right. Like <clears throat> I didn't have a choice, but to step out and like be in the front of that. And so like, now I'm at this point in my life where it's like trying to undo some of that, right. To allow space for others. And sure. that's, I think the, like the new shit. Do me. you, ha do you have other siblings or is it, or is it just you and your mother? Yeah. So my dad had two other kids. Uh, and then my mom had two others as well. Uh, but I was the youngest of all of them by like a whole bunch. Wow, and so were you, you either of theirs? Were you? The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was my mom's. That uh, <laughs> was my dad's. Were you the oops, you baby? Almost, you almost made it awkward. It was like, hey, did you have any other friends? No, it was just me and my mom. So the story was a you and your mom standoff. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It, the, the, the reason that I asked is because of of that. Really, is is of what you said. Like, you have older siblings that should have. You should know, have stepped up stepped up yeah. into right. that role but it fell down onto you the 13 year old kid yeah. i mean because that's what you are at that but you're you're a fucking you're still a child but at that point you're 
No, you're probably just as dumb now than you were back then. <laughs> um, but th- I might have been that... smarter. Certainly mm. less concussed. Well, and, and <laughs> your lungs were more intact. Right. <laughs> so that's a hard. That's a hard fucking road to take on as a 13 year old. It was. It was weird. Uh, but I think like it. It shapes your. It shapes your ability to accept death in a strange way, right? Yeah, uh, sure. I, I, yeah. I guess so. I mean, I I did it last year. I had to do it last year, and it sucked. It was awful. Um, but in a weird, weird statement, Mike, when I was in high school and a little bit into my early 20s, my father wasn't in the best health. So like I knew at some point we were we were on borrowed time, and I would always have uh, my drinking friend Allison and I would would talk about this would talk about how we're gonna handle when our when our parents pass away, and you know as much as I prepared myself for it through my almost my entire well literally my entire life, when that moment hit, as a thirty three year old man. I still wasn't ready, but yet was forced into that position. So it's 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 hard to think about, you know, 13-year-old Philip having to go into that and actually, you know, be the person that's holding up everything, you know, your entire family structure on your own shoulders as a 13-year-old man. That's it's insane. And and Yeah, I I couldn't do it. My my first funeral I was 13 and it was my great-grandmother who I'd never met. Um but I was like blo- like devastated because i'd never met her and it was just the weirdest it was my first funeral you know and it was just uh, i i didn't understand how any of it worked what the process was um i remember we went to someone's house afterwards and everyone you know it, it's everyone's eating and stuff and and so and i was like why is everyone having fun like this is supposed to be sad it's like well no you know it is sad but then you celebrate and you know you you move on and you see all this family and I was so like oh I don't know and I, I think I was like I'm not doing this again this sucks um, <laughs> I, I have since uh, unfortunately gone to other funerals but I remember then like nah I'm good this 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 one's yeah enough. <laughs> I don't do funerals they're dumb but Phil what about you growing up where is it you became the part started to become the person you are today um it's when I decided to quit college. And go forward in life. Um, You know, I have talked about this before on the show where, you know, I decided I would either have to work in L.A. or New York back in the 2000s, early 2000s for for film. But um, I also had an issue with uh, another teacher that had nothing to do with my major. And the rule at the school was if you missed three classes, you automatically failed the class. And you would have to retake it. So I was marked absent for every math class that I was at. And when I went in to talk to my student advisor and say, hey, I was there. I had like homework and assignments and tests signed by the teacher saying I was there. I was there. I don't deserve to fail this class. And the, 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 the advisor said, it's really your word versus hers. And I said, that would work if I literally didn't have a stack right? of papers with her signatures and her markings on the answers I got wrong. He said, like we took pictures together. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's the thing, because I raised that, that instance where it's like the, the kid I sat next to 
me and him like walked to class together and he, you know, he was there and I was more. So at that point I said, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this, this, this bullshit bureaucracy. And if this is how you're going to run your school, I don't want to have any part of it. I don't want to give you any more of my money. Mm -hmm. And at that point I said, I'm leaving your school process my paperwork for me to leave. Now, you know, some years later, looking back, and that that affiliation of that school is no longer around. But at that point, my father, who had to pick me up from the train station, said, this is now a turning point in your life. Every action that you has, that you that you make in your life, has a consequence. And it's all depending on you, on how you 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 shape your outcome to see that uh, that consequence is going to go down one path or another. And it's up to you. Nobody else is going to hold your hand through this. And I'm 18, 19 year old, you know, art student that, you know, really doesn't give a fuck about much at that point. But he's like, no matter what you do, you have to live with the consequences that you make. And that that's always stuck with me. Right. And he's right. He always he was right about that, you know. Um, I turned down a scholarship to state college on an athletic diploma. It's a, it's a consequence I had to fucking accept and, and, and move on from it. Would it have made my life better to have a Penn State diploma for, for job opportunities? Probably. Would I be here right now? We can't say that, you know, because I would have gone down a different path on a different, you know, universe. So it, it was really that where I kind of became conscious of what I do, who I am, who I interact with, or, or what decisions I make, or, or, or what's the end game, or, or how could this turn out in the long run. So I, I learned that very early on, and it's something that I still, to this day, you know, it rings in the back of my head. You yeah, know, what... I learned the opposite from Columbia House. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I learned I, that nothing I do has any consequences, and I'm able to get away with everything. Turns out, I, I also have a Columbia House uh, story, but uh, yeah, it involves too. my grandmother, and there were huge consequences for that one. Uh, um, Mike, Mike, that is that. That's what we call privilege. Uh, that is exactly <laughs> what we call privilege. Uh, Philip. Were were you a ghost? Are you telling us you were a ghost the whole time for you not to be seen in class? Yeah, the kid was sitting next to me. Dude, he's wearing red. He's fucking wearing red. Stop it. Oh, my God. I'm at a mental state where I cannot comprehend this. Oh, my. Tony, I love that so much. I love no, that. No, um, to be honest with you, she was from the Ukraine. And when she went through roll you know call, how those Ukrainians well, well, she, went through, she went through roll call and and didn't say my name or mispronounce my name. But at the end of every roll call, I would instantly say, "You didn't call on me. My name is Philip D. Keating. I am in this class. Here is my paperwork to be here." And she said, "I got it in Ukraine, I guess." And uh, push comes to shove. Uh, you know, uh, I, I dropped out. But the other story that really shaped who I am is the decision to leave the bank that I worked at and move out to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um, my bank job that I was at 
was Wachovia and then turned into Wells Fargo. It was killing me. I was unhappy. I was severely depressed. I was uh, at the peak of my alcoholism, drinking, you know, a case of beer in two days. Um, and I got this opportunity to come out to Gettysburg and hang out with a friend who's ha his, his family had a farm out here. His uncle owned a farm. So I took that weekend and I came out here and I, for a long time, you know, first time in a long time, enjoyed being around people, enjoyed things that were going on. And at the end of that weekend, the, the owner and proprietor of the farm said, I want you to work here. I think this would be good for you. We could use a hand like you here. I know nothing about farming. I know nothing about uh, winemaking or any of that sorts. I just assumed it was weed. I didn't know if you were To be honest with you, Tony, uh, deer eat weed pretty quickly, so you can't grow it outside uh, here so in You the... put the barbed wire around it, right? Just, and the guy they, with the they get away, dude. Oh. They get away. Oh. They get away with it. Somehow. They, they can leap very high into your weed patch. Bambi but... was always high as fuck. Yeah, I mean, his mother would have ran if she wasn't fucking so high. No. Uh... <laughs> But after I come home from that weekend, I talked to my dad and I said, uh, uh, what, what do you think? And he's like, you're dying. Like, I'm watching you kill yourself working for this bank. I know, you know, your alcoholism is fucking terrible right now. And you need to kind of, you know, get some stabilization in your life. And I think an outside working for a farm, manual labor would be good for you. Yes, it's a winery and you're having issues with alcohol. <laughs> but the farm side of it, I think, would be a good change of pace for you. And and when I made that switch over and made that decision to say, you know what, I'm, I got to leave corporate banking and go work outside was a huge fucking switch and, and completely, once again, altered my life as I went down a different path. So... Fucking a man! It's yeah. the it's the ending of Office Space. It really is. Like it really uh, is. You know they. It's like you know it's nice to be outside, not be stuck in this office, and you get to eat your lunch out of a pail. Fucking a man! But I also and... still have that printer that I want to beat to death. <laughs> and I told my bosses, I said, when I finally quit this place because you guys drive me insane, that printer, that one right there, that's mine, and I'm taking that with me. <laughs> Phil and I often chat in back channels and, and we agree it, it does feel good to be a gangster so you know <laughs> it's uh, fine you know uh, bad things happen right? in like, Philly man bad things happen you know, in Philly. I'm a you know I'm an office guy but I, I get it I get that mm -hmm. appeal of like just get outside and get you know be one with the earth and the sun and then not sitting in a chair all day you know or sitting at a keyboard all day like I you know I've thought about it if I didn't hate being outside and or physical labor, <laughs> yeah, right. Consider it, but, but, you know? but that's yeah. the thing. Like it, it was something completely different. It was it was an hour and a half away from anybody that I knew, so it was like a fresh start. But also, I still Tony, and you might like this. I work alone most of the time because uh, my company <laughs> doesn't want to pay the payroll to hire somebody else to help me. There you go. So all right, well, you it can is... tell me the one time you worked with some people. They enjoyed uh, Tony P. Oddcast. So that's true. I just assume there's a ton of people around all <laughs> yeah. the time listening to my show. That's what I. That's what stuck with me. That's what's Fair great enough. about Gettysburg. 
That's it's got a population of three, but they've all seen all your three show, of them. Heard the show. <laughs> Dude, Nat, you've got to specifically get an odd story out of, of Gettysburg or Shippensburg. 100% listenership, yeah, uh, penetration for Tony Podcast. <laughs> uh, well, with that, I'm going to show some love tonight. This topic took an interesting turn, and I liked it. I liked where everybody went, and everybody had stuff to say. It was a really cool night, and I also love independent creators like my friend Brad the Blind. People. And when I say independent, I mean, we're all independent, right? We're, we're not, I mean, even ADD, we're not sponsored by somebody. We don't have big funds pushing us forward. But Brad is, he inspires me. It's twitch.tv slash Brad the Blind. And to my knowledge, and he, he'll probably text me and correct me if I'm wrong, that he, somebody's playing some fucking audio in the background, assholes. I can hear it. Stop looking up OnlyFans Brad the Blind. That's not cool. Um, y'all don't hear that? That might be Are on you your end, dude. Ghost? No. Charles? I don't have anything open. <laughs> He's got a red background, Tony. It's gonna be true. It's you're, the ghost of Ric Flair. Anyway. You're too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're two uh, minutes away from wrapping this up. Yeah, Just power through, power buddy. Through. Brad Brad has never to me said, I want to do digital media for a living. He's always treated it as his hobby, it's his passion, it's his, his love. And that dude will grind like nobody's business. I mean, he's always on Twitter going, I've got my, my show coming up now. Or if he can't do it, he'll like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to stream tonight. He is always on it and always doing it. And it's people like that that inspire me. Because like all of us here, we said, this is what we do for a living. This is who we are. We are creators. We're going to make money at it. We're going to work it hard. And it's the end of, when I say independent creators, I mean the people like, no, I just love doing what I do. Like, uh, uh, Tony, you, you talk about your friend that does the videos about 3D printing, you know? Yes, Cursey Fabrication. Yeah, yes, Cursey. Yes, yes. So it doesn't sound like he wants to do YouTube for a living. He does the fabricate and the ideas, right? And it's those kind of people like, man, you, you guys make the best content. And I wish I could learn how to be a little more relaxed because I think the relaxation makes you make better content. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. Twitch.tv slash Brad the Blind. Check him out. He's an amazing dude. And, um, and I'm not, yeah. uh, not being funny for, for once. Is Why is he called Brad the Blind? Because uh, he's technically blind. He, he, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, um, seriously, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, this asshole. No, no, no seriously. I, and yeah. he does... He's a blind guy, and he does Twitch mm -hmm. streams could, and things. Could you not That's see awesome. the link? Yeah. <laughs> way to go phil <laughs> nicely done uh brad actually did the panel with me at 2019 about disability and gaming uh i've known him forever but yeah he's i mean he could see enough obviously to play the games he doesn't have to have it but he's legally blind he has a lot of of sight issues and he still plays the shit out of these games and knocks it out it's pretty amazing do you know how easy it would be to be friends with charles if i didn't have to see what he looks like <laughs> <laughs> you asshole you know what that's the power of add we go all over the place almost daily pod at gmail.com anchor.fm slash almost daily pod you know what we it's it's almost daily discourse is a name so if you search this out there you'll find it but you know because gmail wouldn't let us do that almost daily pod is the the branding that you'll find on social media Are you just spilling all the dirty laundry man that's what i do man that's, that's how i do things Charles, where can they find and us on instagram so I never said Instagram. <laughs> I haven't set that up because I'm not going to have to fucking run it. Uh, but you know what? Just for that, Mike, you can fucking Google me. Charles McFall. You'll fucking find my shit. Do that. That's how you find myself. I want to thank 
Kurt Booten for coming out tonight. Kurt, where can they find you? Good answer, uh, Kurt. Good hey, answer. Yeah. <laughs> they they can find me on Twitter at VO by Kurt. You can find me on Twitch at Kurtstable and on Mondays and Thursday evenings I'm doing the FTH Beyond podcast with Charles. Yes. And on Thursday evenings doing the Nooks Tavern podcast with Phil and my own solo podcast, Storytime with Kurt. Found wherever you get your podcasts. There you go, man. Come out next week. Actually, tomorrow night. Come back tomorrow night for the live twitch.tv slash almost daily pod, where you get to see the in between, the end jokes, the, the stuff that goes on, and get your two cents put at least on the video, if not right in the show. So we'll be back next week with some more fires, you goddamn trash pandas. Get the fuck out Obviously, of they don't teach modesty at Bob Jones University. <laughs> I told you I almost fell out. I almost fell out. <laughs>